start a business earlier, although it sounds like he had a lot of success as an enterprise sales rep, building up a nice little nest egg. He then said, you know what? I want my nest egg to become a little bit more risky. I'm going to throw some of that money in 2015 at, uh, again, the new company, Seventh Sense, which is helping folks understand better times to send their emails to increase open click-through and conversion rates. He scaled it to about 10 grand per month in December 2016, grew well over 3x year over year, now doing over 30 grand per month across about 150, 36 customers paying 225 bucks a month. Too early to get too deep on unit economic stuff, but his team of three in Northern Virginia growing the company. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Mike Donnelly. He's the CEO and founder of Seventh Sense, which is a system that optimizes the timing and frequency of email for sales and marketing professionals. The idea was conceived during Mike's 13-year career as an individual contributor and sales leader for emerging enterprise technology companies. Mike, are you ready to take us to the top? I am, and appreciate having me on, Nathan. You bet. So Seventh Sense, it's email, it's timing. What inputs are you feeding kind of this algorithm to make sure it's smart? Yeah, so we have strategic partnerships with both HubSpot and Marketo. Um, And so we take data feeds from both of those, uh, open data, click data, you know, is it happening on a mobile device, happening on a desktop? And then we also have an integration with Google, so we can also listen in on corporate email systems. uh, And those are kind of the inputs that feed feed our system. Okay, and what do you have to pay someone like a HubSpot for access or Google for access to those data streams? Uh, nothing. Okay. So why do they do customers, it? Uh, added value for them. HubSpot, Marketo, et cetera, are looking to build out their ecosystem. Um, so that's where our relationship comes in. And then Google, all the user has to do is authorize access to their Google accounts. Well, what do they, but what do you give back to like a HubSpot that, that makes it, you know, HubSpot more valuable for their users? Cause it's sensitive obviously to give you this kind of data. So it's actually the customer. So the customer gives us access to their data. Um, and so the customer comes to us, pays us, signs up for our service, and then we analyze their data and then provide value to them. We don't give anything to HubSpot or Marketo or Google. I thought you just said you have a data relationship with HubSpot and HubSpot feeds you data. So we do. Um, the data, HubSpot doesn't feed us all of their data, like across all of their customers. If their customer decides to opt into our service, then that's the data feed that we get from HubSpot. Oh, I is see. That customer's data. You're, you're like an app in their app exchange or something. Ex- exactly. Got yep. it. Okay. So, and then how do you make money? Is it a pure play SaaS model? It is a pure play SaaS model. That's correct. Okay. And on average, what are these folks paying you per month for the service? Uh, so our ARPUs are around 220 bucks a month. We've got 136 customers today. Uh, so around 30K in uh, annual recurring or sorry, monthly recurring revenue. Yep. 225. So are these, I mean, that small, maybe it's small business, maybe it starts pushing mid market, but I mean, who are these, I mean, what are they usually small business or mid market? So I would say 
probably 60% of our customers are SMBs and then uh, 40% of them are more larger scale. I wouldn't say total enterprise. We do have one very large enterprise company. They, this past year, they did about $4.4 billion in annual revenue. Um, do they make up more than 50% of your revenue? They do not. Okay, got it. So, so you're able to, you don't have a they huge make up risk. About, yeah, they, they make up about 10% of our revenue. Okay, got it. And what's the company growing at? So you're at 30,000 per month, uh, 136 customers paying 225 per month. Where were we at 13 months ago? So 13 months ago, we were around 10K in MRR. So healthy, so I mean, small numbers, but yeah. still healthy growth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. And it's a growth. small team. I mean, we're we're a bootstrap company, self funded. Totally so. bootstrap. No, no, no. Rich uncles writing a million dollar check. Uh, other th- so we did do a small. I shouldn't say small, but we did a friends and family round. But I've invested a pretty significant chunk of change over the past few years. And wh- where? Ha- well, what was the small round? Are we? I mean, are we talking sub four hundred grand? Yes. Okay, got it. And then you've put in your own money. Um, what's the team size at today? Uh, so it's three full-time. Okay. Three full-time folks. Everyone based in Arlington? Uh, we're spread. We've got one in California, one in um, in Ashburn, and then myself in Arlington. But we do have a local office in Reston. Okay, got it. So some Loudoun County action going on, which I like my hometown. And uh, when did you launch the company? What year? Uh, so we launched the company in 2013, but we were doing it as a nights and weekends project for the better part of almost two years. And that was really kind of a research and development phase. And then we, once we landed our first customer, we decided, hey, this is the time. It's adding value. What year was that? So that was 2015. Okay. And then, so what have you done? I mean, there's, there's, I guess there's enough MRR to cover three full-time salaries, but, but where, like, where did you get money from in order to invest in this new thing? What gave you the confidence to take the risk? So where we got the money from was I was in very successful enterprise sales rep. I also was part of a few IPOs, a few exits. Um, and so made money there and that's really what I've been, you know, where the, where the funding came from, um, where, I was willing to take the risk is, you know, just believing in the value that it's delivering to customers. And I still see there's just a huge market opportunity with where we want to go with the, uh, with the technology. And then, so you're at 136 customers now, let's say a bunch sign up from this show. So you have 137. What, what, what actually happens right when I sign up and start paying you? So what happens is you sign up, sign up process takes about five minutes. You connect up to your marketing automation system, whether that be HubSpot or Marketo, which, literally takes about a minute. Um, and then we start analyzing all of the historical data that you have within your marketing automation system or in your corporate email system. We then go through an analysis phase depending on, you know, total number of email addresses that you have anywhere from, I think our smallest customer probably has 2000 email addresses. Our largest has around 10 million email addresses. Um, and so depending on that, it can take anywhere from 24 to 48 hours to, to, uh, complete that initial analysis. But again, so keep going down that storyline. What, what do I get when the analysis is done? What, what am I, what value? So once the, once the analysis is done, uh, rather than say you're using a marketing platform, blasting out an email to 10,000, 100,000, 500,000 of your closest friends at 10 AM on Tuesday, what happens is we empower you to automate personalizing the send time to each individual contact when they are more likely to engage in that email. 
at so scale though, on. right? I don't have to go in and type yeah. in a new time for every person manually, right? No, 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 no. It, it's, it, it's all automated. It's at massive scale. We have plenty of customers that do mailing sizes of between a million to two million contacts for a single mailing. And they say, send um, this, you know, pick a send time for this, you know, pick sometime. A delivery. Pick a delivery range. window, anything as short as an hour, although if you're going to do that, you might as well blast it out, all the way to seven days and anything in between. Interesting. The other, the other component that we look at on the marketing automation side is are you heating up or are you cooling down as far as your level of engagement with us? Because send time takes you so far, but then you really want to start thinking about the frequency at which I'm mailing Sarah because Sarah might want to engage in every email that you send. Whereas Scott, you would be much better well served sending him an email once a month. So we've got a machine learning system in the background that's looking at what is your pattern of engagement this week versus last week versus last month versus last year. And then we determine at what level of engagement are you sitting with it. Um, so that's what we do on the marketing side. On the sales side, uh, what we deliver to the sales rep is there's all kinds of send later functionality within Gmail. There's Boomerang, Tout App, Yesware. HubSpot Sales Pro, I know you have one. Um, but the fundamental piece missing is you're still kind of, pardon the French, pissing in the wind as far as what time you should send that email. We give you concrete insight into when you should be sending that email to that specific individual. Do you guys remember the last time you sat down for a meal with a friend or a business colleague and they pulled out two phones and put them on the table? Do you remember what you thought? Whenever I see this, I go, oh gosh, what a tool. But look, sometimes you can't blame these folks. They're trying to separate their personal lives and their business lives with two separate phones. Some of you guys with just one phone might get frustrated when you're not sure if calls coming in are personal or business. And we've all gotten a call from an unknown number and wondered if it's, again, a business call or a random caller. Well, now there's a new tool in town making all this easy. Sideline gives you a second number so work and personal communication can live on one device. With the Sideline app, it's easy to own a dedicated business number and still separate work and personal numbers, again, all on that single phone. You'll know when work, when calls are for work or if they're personal. You can keep things private. And I love this part. You can text from these two separate numbers. So clients versus customers versus your own kind of personal friends, all from one phone. You'll look more professional. You can automate texts whenever you're busy. And you can team up with others on your team to share responsibility for that one single phone number in case you're away or not available. Sideline comes with calling, texting, picture messaging, and more, giving you all the value of another phone without having to pay for an actual new phone. Right now, you guys can download Sideline for iPhone or Android for a free seven-day trial or learn more at sideline.com forward slash trial. That's sideline.com forward slash trial. Why are more people using this? Frankly, we have been really bad at marketing. Um, but you're the top sales guy. Yeah, but sales, mar- sales and marketing at a you know at a uh, SaaS startup doing 220 average revenue per customer per month is totally different than. Why going do you like like a guy like you with your background? If you were a top enterprise rep, I mean, I would have built this. I would keep the project exactly the same, but I would increase the price ten times, and I'd spend like I'd have you go do what you were really good at, which is selling twenty thousand dollar a month annual contracts. So, 
we have continued to move our way upstream, but selling to an enterprise is totally different than selling to an SMB or even a small mid-sized enterprise. And, and part of those challenges are, hey, I've got to have a SOC 2 compliant. Uh, you know, I've got to be SOC 2 compliant because I do have access to the crown jewels of a company. Mm-hmm. It's their email list. Um, it's their customer data. Just and be so, clear, though, this isn't like a MailChimp email list. This is like you're in their Gmail and you just look at who they've emailed in the past 12 months. That we look at the entire history of that Gmail account or that entire history of the marketing automation side. Okay. So, I mean, I guess you, if someone's managing a list in Marketo or HubSpot, you'll see that list. There is, mar- I mean, there are, I should think of this like, JC, I'm making this up. J Crew is has a list of a million dudes. They have a new hat they want to sell, and you're going to tell them, "Hey, se- you know, send it over this week." But we will tell you when to send it to each person based off how active they are in their inbox at certain times on certain days. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there. The, 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 I guess the question I would have for you is your input is 136 customers. That's not a large enough sample size to train your like machine to be smarter than someone with a hundred thousand users. So how do you, I mean, how do you know your send times are actually good send times? Because, well, so there's a couple things. One, some of our customers are quite large and they'll have up, upwards of a half a billion to a billion events in a single, you know, marketing system or in, in, in their instance of Marketo or HubSpot. So for them, that sample size is large enough where we have really proven our value is we've done a tremendous amount of A-B testing with customers. Send your way, your normal way, send it 10 a.m. on Tuesday, whatever you think is the best time, and then to half, and then send our way half, and then we compare, you know, compare and contrast the results. And what do those typically look like? So open rates on average anywhere from 8 to 13%. Um, some customers that have tremendous data sets, we've seen far larger upwards in the 40 percent that's the gains uh, or that's the total open rate that's the gains okay and then where the system has the biggest impact is click rates and conversions where we on average see anywhere from an 18 to 24 percent average increase in click rates and the reason for that is you're connecting with somebody at an optimal you know at a much better time for them yeah um we've also seen uh based on um, some studies that we've done as far as like web bound, you know, web bounces, et cetera, coming f- like somebody gets an email, they go to your website. We've sure. actually seen bounce rates drop in the order of 30 to 40 percent, because, again, they're willing to spend more time on your website because you've connected with them at a, you know, at a more optimal time. I mean, if, if those Mike, if those numbers are accurate, you're just I just think your price, your price is so you're so I mean, it's so low. If someone has a hundred thousand person list and you're increasing opens by 20 percent, click throughs by 20 percent and conversions by X percent, they're getting call it 30 grand more in terms of sales per email. send. they're paying you 200 bucks. It seems well, so- like. We, we do, I'm saying that's the avenue, average revenue per, per customer. Our smallest subscription starts at 100 a month. And then our largest today is three grand a month. And then, so if you've got a list of 100,000 people, that's $600 a month. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with you that it's a lower price point, but we're also just trying to bring this thing to market. Um, not just bring it to market, but get a larger customer base and then, as we add more, increase the uh, yeah. increase the price. Interesting. Um, w- walk me through some economics of right now. So, CAC, what's it costing you to acquire these customers? 
So good question. Um, I don't have super strong numbers on that because I'm the one doing primarily the, you know, the sales, but I probably spend 50% of my time on sales, 50% on, you know, marketing, podcast, things like this, uh, et cetera. So on a per customer basis, Hmm. Because we're close to break even um, or profitability, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks probably per customer. Okay, so maybe call it three hundred, and they're paying you two hundred bucks a month on average. So you get paid back in under two yeah. months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean that that sounds generally fair. And then tell me about churn. So churn, um, we I think the last customer we had churn was maybe five months ago. Um, so our, we, I can't say that we have a super strong metric around like lifetime value yet, just because we haven't been in the market that long, but, um, we really don't, where we churn is somebody made a decision to move, to go to seven cents and then they leave the company. And so therefore we, we lost contact with the, you know, with that company. And what's interesting is we have seen, Probably 60% of our churn has actually signed back up with us when they go to a different company. Yes, yeah, so it drives additional growth. Okay, but you yeah. don't, you, my point is, you're not doing any direct paid stuff yet because you don't yet know what your CAC is. Like you haven't, you don't have a sample size large enough to, to actually know it, where. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Um, good. Well, Mike, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's the last business book that you read? Um, so last business book I read was no shortcuts to the top by Ed Visters. Number two, is there a CEO that you really love, you know, coffee, dinner with, you know, lunch with there at Arlington? Uh, so Craig Abod, who is the CEO of Kerasoft. Kerasoft. Yeah. They're one of the largest companies in the world that nobody knows about. Interesting. Number multi-billion dollar company. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business? Uh, HubSpot. Number, uh, by the way, if, if Brian Halgan comes to you and says, Hey, what are you doing? You're doing 360 right now per year. We'll offer you, we'll offer you a million bucks for the company. Do you sell, take a quick win and move on? Absolutely not. <laughs> hold out, hold out. All right. Number four, how many hours of sleep to get every night? On average, probably five to six. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? Married, kid, two kids. Okay. And how old are you? I am, I just turned 40. Awesome. All right, Mike, last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Hmm, start a business earlier. <laughs> there you guys have it for Mike. Start a business earlier, although it sounds like he had a lot of success in, as an enterprise sales rep, building up a nice little nest egg. He then said, you know what? I want my nest egg to become a little bit more risky. I'm going to throw some of that money in 2015 at, uh, again, the new company, Seventh Sense, which is helping folks understand better times to send their emails to increase open, click-through, and conversion rates. He scaled it to about 10 grand per month in December 2016, grew well over 3x year over year, now doing over 30 grand per month across about 150, 36 customers paying 225 bucks a month. Too early to get too deep on unit economic stuff, but his team of three in Northern Virginia growing the company quickly. Mike, thank you for taking us to the top. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me on.